Hi everyone, Julie here, letting you know that this is our last episode of 2021. We've had some major life events occur, so we're going to take a little break. See you in 2022. So enjoy today's episode. Hi, I'm Julie. I'm Kristen. I'm Kate, and welcome to Topical Island. Each week, one of us will deep dive into a topic that interests us. Have you ever wondered how to become a Disney princess? Is diva behavior acceptable? And what does it have to do with the opera? Will we get to work from home forever ever? Join us as we answer these questions and more. As each week, we will take you to a different topical island. All right. Welcome, ladies, and welcome, island hoppers, uh, to another episode of Topical Island. Julie, what is up today? What is up today? Well, I am officially on maternity leave. I have, oh, yay. I'm still very, very pregnant, but I yeah. uh, am done working. So that is a real relief, but also a really weird feeling. Um, yeah. I left some things behind with people that I'm just like, I, you know, it's as good as it's going to get. Like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I could probably work for another 40 hours and I don't know that it would make a difference really. Um yeah. But yeah, so uh, so in that sense, I am I'm really well and getting into that kind of nesting mode where it's like, okay, I'm going to do a bunch of cooking and cleaning and make my house ready so that when my world gets turned upside down, that it's upside down, but we have food to eat and the bathrooms are clean. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Congratulations so on getting wrapped up. Well, thank yeah. you. It feels really good. And um, my brother who lives in the States was also up for a visit for the first time in, gosh, coming up on two years here. So it was really also nice to visit with him and his wife. And um, and I'll, I'll, they were up for the Canadian uh, Costa Rica soccer game. But I'm, I'm going to let Kristen talk about that. I'll uh, throw it to Kate for now, though. Well, we can throw it to Kristen. Well... Throwing it to Kristen is going to not amount to much because while I did go to Edmonton this weekend, I did not go to the soccer game. Oh, oh I thought you were supposed to go to the soccer game. <laughs> that, that is what we, I, at least what Julie and I understood for those listening I'm, and wondering what is going what is on. Happening. So I, so I've been meaning to go to Edmonton because my brother just moved there for a few weeks now. My dad and my brother went to the soccer game. My oh, mom okay. was up there as well. And I went up there to spend time with the family, but I, it was Friday at like seven and I didn't have time to get up there. So I just like hung out with them, but my brother and my dad did go to the soccer game. And yes, Julie, we did win. Yeah. As in Canada won. Yes. Canada won, mm-hmm. but I didn't go, but okay. um, I did have, I'm just going to keep going, Kate, and then we'll throw it back to you. Um, I uh, I did have a tip that I wanted to share today. So I drove, I, you know, I did a quick turnaround. I drove up to Edmonton on Friday after work, came back this morning. It's Sunday. And I have a tip if anyone is doing that travel. And I used to always stop at the Second Cup, which is now not, doesn't exist anymore in Gasoline Alley. Oh, okay. in Red Deer, oh. yeah. Yeah. And so it's kind of like a nice midpoint, get gas, go to the washer, maybe get like a coffee or a snack. Um, But my brother uh, let us in on a little tip and there's an SO in Gasoline Alley that's called the Sweet Market SO. Okay. And I hope he's not going to be mad at me for sharing, but it's (laughs) his secret coffee shop. 
Well, it's an S, so it's, it's literally a sweet market. So it's like full of candy. I'm not a big candy person, but if you like Ooh. candy, it's like a, a child candy shop. Like candy everywhere you look. They do have snacks. They've got drinks and stuff like that, too. And they also have the cleanest bathroom I've ever seen in a gas station in my entire life. It's like... Sold. Yeah, I know. So it's like either candy or a clean washroom. I mean, I'll take the candy. But... <laughs> clean bathroom, yeah. But it's also clean, but it's also like... It, it's You know when you go to a... I want to say like a casino, and it's like a very very fancy like almost has like chandeliers in it has kind of like a roman look to it or I, i'm probably saying the wrong thing but i was like my brother has said that it had a really clean washroom like yeah 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 whatever but yeah highly recommend highly recommend okay. hey, that's a good <laughs> tip. tip i mean it's a it's a specific tip you have to be making the trek up north but if you are dear listeners it's a spot to go okay well and i might throw Ooh. that out if she she's not caught up in the episodes because we've got friends coming down from Edmonton next weekend. And oh, so yeah. I will certainly pass on that, uh, that tidbit. Let them know. Mm-hmm. Sweet market. So okay. anyways, um, now that I've cut in with uh, my non knowledge about going to the soccer game, <laughs> Kate, what have you been up to? Well, it's been a, a kind of a regular week. Remember in stay was this week. Um, and so we do, I mean, it's a statutory holiday and so we take it off but uh, I decided to get a little bit of work done that day and I made more progress on this project that I'm working on in the you know two and a half hours that I decided to work that morning than I think I have in the last two and a half months because nobody interrupted (laughs) me (laughs) oh yes and so I mean, it's not very exciting, but that was, it was a great, it was such a win. It felt really good. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, you know, we certainly did still took the time to use the day for what it's for, which is kind of reflect and respect and see what's happening around Mm -hmm. the country. And, but it was, uh, yeah, it was kind of a, a, kind of a boring week, just getting back on track and um, we're doing a big basement clean up and purge which is not my stuff but somebody (laughs) somebody decided to finally get on board and so that's been it's been a very productive productive week but bottom line island hoppers work-life balance leave it leave it at the door leave it at the it's a pendulum it is there's no balance (laughs) it is just gonna swing back and forth (laughs) exactly you know, I was um, actually going to mention, speaking of island hoppers, that last week was our 30th episode. And so I just wanted to say, hey, round of applause for us, 30 episodes. This is number 31, but we didn't, I didn't realize that we had come up against, uh, come up on a milestone number of episodes last week, but very exciting. And we're going to have to start thinking about what we want to do special for 50 and 100. Oh, jeez, oh, jeez, Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think... I won't put you on the spot right now, Julie, but I also think that we're over a th- probably well over a thousand downloads now. We are well over a thousand downloads. So very exciting. Thank you, listeners. Thanks, Thank you. everyone. Thank you. Cool. All right. Well, good news all around. Um, Julie, where are, you, where are you taking us this week? I'm going to take you somewhere influential. Ooh. So I... Now, are you... Okay, I have basically two social media outlets. One is Instagram, and the mm-hmm. other is YouTube. Um, like, I, I take in a lot of content from YouTube. Mm-hmm. And your YouTube channel? You don't have I, a YouTube channel. I do not. Okay. My husband does. It's about... Right. It teaches you electricity. 
Um, <laughs> but I do not have a channel. I am just a taker in of that mm-hmm. media. Now, I both of you, is there other social medias that you interact with? For myself, majority Instagram, because it's just pictures. It's plain and simple. I like it. <laughs> um, and I mean, I still have Facebook. I don't use it that often, but I find it it's really how I connect with the majority of my family, like extended family mm-hmm. is on Facebook. But those, those two. What about you, Kristen? Agreed. Instagram, I do watch a lot of con- like TV show, like in the morning, I'll watch like Stephen Colbert and whatever on YouTube. Right. I do have a Twitter account. I don't interact with it. I don't push a lot out, but I find in terms of like relevant, like up to date kind of what's happening at this moment is where I would get that type of information. Now, do either of you on any of those platforms follow people that you do not know at all? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I, I recently was watching a video of a uh, crochet maker that I follow, TL Yarn Crafts. I'll give her a shout out. (laughs) Um, And she was holding a cup of coffee and she said, I'd like to thank today's coffee sponsor and it was one of her viewers. She's a TL Yarn Crafts is mostly a YouTuber, but she also has Insta. And it was a way of supporting the channel is you donate a coffee. And so I started to think just about this whole movement of influencers and how we, I follow a ton of people that I don't know and will never know, but they are, you know, considered influencers, which are, is now in the dictionary as of 2019. It's a, it's a real mm-hmm. and. Oh. I I thought, I'll tell you who I follow. I follow people who travel. Mm -hmm. I follow people who clean their houses. Mm -hmm. I follow people who make food. I follow people who garden. Mm -hmm. I follow people who do like off-grid or unusual living. So like either tiny homes or completely off-grid or van people. Um, (laughs) And then... The weirdest one. Now, I do I do follow a few makers who like make like crochet or calligraphy. I think I've gifted both of you classes from some makers I follow. Sure. Yeah. Um, and the weirdest one that I do follow is people eating. Like some people just oh like going to Julie. a restaurant. <laughs> like they'll Let's go turn this off. Just kidding. Like they'll go to like uh you know a restaurant and eat. And like, wait, like, are you talking like a food blogger or like literally you'll watch somebody eat? I would, I would say a food blogger vlogger. Okay. 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 Yeah. Which, um, David recently (laughs) was making fun of me for this, but it's not that different than, did you ever have the food channel when it was diners, drive-ins and dives? Like all that guy did was just go to a diner and eat Mm -hmm. and see how the food was made. It's the exact same thing. It's just normal people who just have their own channels. Okay. Well, like that reminds, not reminds me, but the one I find very strange, apparently like little kids, oh, I hope you're not talking about this. I can cut this out if you do. Um, Like little kids like to watch like other kids open toys. Yes. Open them and play with them. See, now when you say your YouTube is one of the things that you do, I'm, I'm, I don't really like, I know everything is on YouTube, but I'm not a YouTube person. I just never got into it. I don't. I usually don't know how to find stuff like I don't, (laughs) but it's amazing to me. There are some young people that I know 
that you ask them what they want to be mm-hmm. when they grow up and they're like, well, I want to be a YouTuber. Yes. Every person like, I worked with childs, with what? children would say that. And I didn't know that was a job. Yeah. Apparently it's a, it can be a very lucrative job. But <laughs> yes. the other thing I found really interesting was, again, some young people that I know, they would have, you know, on their tablet or if they were given, a, you know, an allotment of, okay, you can do whatever you want on your tablet for screen time. And their the choice would be to watch YouTube. And it's like, they would watch other kids play with toys or there's like this whole big opening of things mm-hmm. like the, unboxing. you know, and the unboxing of stuff. And I just could not wrap my head around it. Yes. Yeah. And I've talked to some parents um, just anecdotally who've talked about how that is quite detrimental for some kids. Cause then mm. they're, it, you know, it kind of creates this, it like compounds our consumerism, right? Where they're just, it, it's not even, it's, it's about opening the toy. It's not even necessarily, I mean, obviously they play with it to some degree, but it's really about the new next thing, just opening the box, opening the box, opening the box. What's right. the next thing? There's not, there's no follow through. There's no, you know, thought about, should I have this or a gratitude towards it? It's just mm-hmm. open the next box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it's really curious. And I will, I will talk a bit about how, how this has become lucrative and how it is a quote unquote real job in that you can make money doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that they make their money is through endorsing or partnering with a variety of different brands or products. And this is not a new concept. In fact, going back to gladiators times, I guess that winning gladiators would even endorse certain products. Uh, I don't know if it'd be their swords or their armor, their steel plates that they really enjoy. Uh, and they would, they were kind of the, you know, celebrities of the time. So they mm-hmm. would push products and have that kind of um, gravitas and could get people to buy whatever products they were pushing. Um, and then of course, partnerships are, which can be mutually beneficial between different groups. One of the first widely acknowledged quote unquote influencer dates back to 1760 when Wedgwood, the maker of fine China, made a tea set for the wife of King George III. And so because royalties were the influencers of that time, all of a sudden, so they gifted this tea set to the to the uh, wife of King George. And then they were able to say, we we this brand has now royal approval. And now it's kind of got this luxury status. Hmm. So this is not new. What what is new is who's doing the influencing. So it could be us. I mean, look at us here. We have our own little radio show podcast that we just sort of started like at a grassroots level. It's the same thing with these influencers. They're living their lives in a lot of cases and just choosing to share it in a public domain and have then over time built up their status or influence enough that they have in turn become celebrities. Mm-hmm. And it's so bizarre. And I was I was just curious, do either of you think that you have made purchases based on an, a quote unquote influencer? Um, 
I, I'm, I mean, I think hands down, I'm sure I have, but, but I can't, no, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. And also because I, there are people that I don't know on Instagram that I follow, some of them considered influencers, some of them just, I don't know, and I find it interesting to follow. And I'm sure in their own way, they're influencers as well. <laughs> um, the ones who have like paid advertisements, I almost go out of my way not to be a part of that because and don't get me wrong I realize that I am impacted heavily by the advertising you know conglomerates out there that sneak things in and get into your subconscious but I I, yeah when it's uh so I'm, I'm the answer is I'm sure I have I can't think of anything off the top of my head but when it's clearly an advertisement I'm just like Ugh, that's not what I'm following you for. So mm, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Kristen, mm-hmm. you? I would say that I think I follow some people like, I, I don't know, Julie, if you're getting into this, but like there's, I don't know if they're major, like more like a micro influencer, like people with like a few thousand maybe. Right. But like local people, like if they like uh, for like restaurants and stuff, perhaps like yes. if they're like eating out or whatever, like I, I, I've probably been influenced by that or like small shops type of thing. I would agree with Kate, like, especially when they have to mark as ad and stuff. I think in my head, I automatically go, oh, like, that's an ad. They're not doing that because they want to be. They're doing that mm. because they're being paid to kind of thing. Yeah, it's so interesting you say that. And yes, I mean, the nano influencer or micro influencer mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. it's at a smaller scale and it's really niche, right? Like mm-hmm. the, um, when I mentioned the TL yarn crafts. Like I just watched a video uh, about great Christmas gifts to give to people in your life who like to do yarn crafts. Mm -hmm. And I was made aware of companies who make bags specific for carrying yarn around in. Like there's like, and like, there's very, like you would not, I would not ever see that kind of advertising on any kind of mainstream media like tv or radio that's the only way that i became aware of that is these very you know you follow somebody because you maybe are interested in what they do or their own interests like especially if they're a maker or creator and then Mm -hmm. you can drill down deeper and find oh my gosh all the notions and stuff that goes along with that and then i also do appreciate when um yeah, when local businesses, if you follow some local influencers so that you can just be made aware the, mm-hmm. of, of these other businesses out there. I will, I'm going to out myself as somebody who has been heavily influenced. I have bought cleaning products. I've bought sweaters. I mentioned I've given you both classes from influencers. Right, I've right. bought yarn and hooks and... um yeah, and definitely probably had some food, like maybe not necessarily gone to the restaurant that somebody was at, but been like, oh, it kind of puts me in the mood for right, X yeah, type of totally. food or something like that. And I think that part of it is, especially with these kind of non-celebrity, is that you really do feel like, oh, she says that that cleaning product smells really good and she's just a normal person with a you know, she has a very mm-hmm. nice home, but she's just cleaning it. Like she's a very normal human. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But the rules have changed for all these influencers. And it is now incredibly strict what influencers can and cannot say as far as when they've been gifted a product or have right. a partnership or just straight up advertising for somebody. 
Right. So yeah, I'm curious. And then do you have to be at a certain level? Like once you kind of, is it in a, like, is it a contract based thing? Like if you're, I'm thinking of the cleaning company, say a, a cleaning company, and if they're in a partnership with Tide, then it's pretty obvious that they can't be promoting other cleaning products, like, you know, of the same variant. Yeah. It's interesting because it happens both ways where Tide has given, it has that type of contract with an influencer and, you know, it's very clear and you will see in posts things like uh, hashtag ad or hashtag partnership and it's very clear, but the reverse is also true. And this is, and it gets a little muddier where I may not have a partnership with Tide, but I'm going to talk about how much I love Tide Pods it's mm-hmm. very common that those influencers all of a sudden the next day are gifted a whole bunch of Tide product as, hey, we heard oh. you liked our product. Here's a whole bunch of free stuff. Now, once they start using that stuff, then they have to start saying hashtag gifted, which is oh. another way, another way in which they are um, like, there's value there, right? Like they're receiving value, although not necessarily those cash contracts that also exists. Right. Yeah. Interesting. And the FTC in 2012 got especially fixated on these mummy bloggers that were doing things like this, like saying, I love Pampers. And then the next day we're getting a truckload of Pampers and reaping that benefit without there being a contract in place. So now the Federal Trade Commission or FTC out of the States has these really strict rules. In fact... Um, They have stated that you also need to use simple and clear language when talking about these partnerships or products that you are being either gifted or paid for outright. So you could say something like, this product was given to me by brand X or sponsored by Mm. brand X, but you cannot say this video is made in collaboration with Brad and X because that's not clear. That's not right. Yeah. So they've even got down to that language where it has to be abundantly clear. This is a promo ad. I have gotten money or product in exchange for saying that Mm -hmm. I really like that. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really interesting because I think some, especially the smaller influencers seem to be better at, yes, I'm getting paid, but I really like this or right. Um, I would never, you know, some say I would never pair up with somebody that I didn't actually appreciate, which I mean, you got to take that with a grain of salt. Sure. Yeah. Because you can appreciate them because they're, you know, giving you a bunch of free stuff exactly. or, you know, maybe there, maybe there is money involved. So, yes. well, what about the situation you mentioned where you get something the next day? Like, what if we, we talked about something and then we got it, like, we'd have no way of knowing that we were getting is there like is there anything wrong with that I don't think there's anything wrong with that from a legal standpoint if we do start to talk about having received it after the fact then we would have to say that it was gifted yeah so I mean I think that it's great that they're getting tougher on this type of thing I mean the flip side is as a consumer you know going back to what um, you're both saying where as soon as you see that hashtag ad you're totally turned off by it But Mm -hmm. if we are a consumer of their content and we're watching somebody eat instead of watching diners, drive-ins, and drives, um, Mm -hmm. should I feel any guilt about supporting them? You know, if I do go to that restaurant that they mentioned or 
you know, buy their hot sauce or whatever it is, because that's how they actually are making their living now. And I'm consuming it. Yeah. I think too, like, I remember like just having worked on social media and stuff like that and kind of done a little bit of like looking at who you would want to use. I think because of the niche aspect that you were saying, it can actually seem a little bit more credible if you're like, people might be like, oh, we need Justin. Well, Justin Bieber may be a bad example because he's just doing the Timbit thing. But, you know, like <laughs> it might be great to have like a huge celebrity supporting your stuff. But actually, if you look at someone with like a more local or more niche following, their followers are possibly more likely to trust their endorsements because they see them as more like tied together and they're not just getting a million dollar endorsement or a huge gift or whatever kind of thing very true Mm -hmm. very true in fact Kristen, you obviously have your pulse on this because according to a uh, influencer report that came out which i'll um link an article to in the show notes that there's Mm -hmm. kind of two primary ways that influencers do what they do one is called reach and the other is called niche and what they find Mm -hmm. with reach which is like where you're trying to be like put it all out there and, um, you know, be as accessible as possible and broad, that follower Mm -hmm. count goes down. The more broad it gets, the followers go down and down. Whereas with niche, yeah, they're, the more targeted it stays, their followers go up because it has that at least appearance of this kind of truer and like on brand on theme, um, because, they're just doing a better job of it. And it seems more authentic is how I mm-hmm. read that. Mm-hmm. Totally. Now, maybe you'll circle back to this, but I'm really curious about this coffee. Um, <laughs> uh, the, thanks for sponsoring the coffee. Like, is this, are they asking viewers for, you know, an amounts in small donations that would, you know, equal a cup of coffee? Is that what they're asking for? That's exactly right. So, um, yeah, so you go on and are, are either of you familiar with Patreon? Yeah, I've heard of it. Okay, so um, a lot of different influencers who opt not to do as much partnership or straight up advertising will choose to do what's called, uh, Patreon is like the biggest. Um, But Mm -hmm. basically you're saying, like I follow like a board game one and I really appreciate they have no ads and they give honest reviews and they will always be very fair in my opinion in their reviews. And so Mm -hmm. because they don't, they will accept a game, but they won't accept cash or additional value from a company. They are supported entirely by their viewers who make typically monthly contributions of very small amounts that when added together, make make a living wage for them. And this coffee, Hmm. very similar. So you pay for the coffee. And so it's like, you know, three to five dollars. But yeah. Many, many viewers or followers who are making those contributions can then, that adds up to an additional income for the influencer themselves. Hmm. Now, some offer like perks. So if you're a Patreon subscriber, you know, if you give $2 a month, you're going to get at my newsletter. And if you give $5 a month, you get to see videos that have special content that nobody else sees. Right. right yeah. But uh, yeah, the coffee one I I thought was so interesting. And I mean, this particular very niche, because it's all about mostly one specific type of crochet, which is Tunisian (laughs) crochet. Um, Like that's, but yeah, she has her coffee and that's how she 
uh, one other little stream of income that she has. In addition to things like she creates actual tangible things like you could buy a scarf from her or you could buy a pattern for a scarf from her. So, okay. so some influencers are, especially those who actually create things and more, maybe more in like the creative arts, actually sell things, more tangible things. Um, well, and I think like that's who the majority of the influencers, quote unquote, that I follow are those people. So it's stuff, it, they're already creating something that I'm interested in. So I'm following them because I like their product. So 100% they've they're influencing me in terms of what I buy because I like what they're making for you sure. know, a lot of local artists and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, so fascinating. I've always been interested in like, I just, because it's so hard for me to wrap my brain around, like, how do these people, how are there so many people out there that have so many followers and they're, you know, and there are people who are making a lot of money, um, mm-hmm. but there are also people who are, probably just you know it's it's maybe it's not even you know quote-unquote a side hustle it's Mm -hmm. just it's they found a niche and they've you know happened to get a few bucks every once in a while from it as well so (laughs) it's fascinating it's so true and um there is not that many um influencers who are willing to be totally upfront about how much money they made but there was a really um, interesting article that I'll link to about influencer Jalissa Von Jefferson, who mostly does what's called this mommy vlogging. So like a lot of mm-hmm. like sort of domestic and this is her full-time job. And she said that in the last year, she had over $800,000 in partnerships. So, wow. Yeah. Not only is she making a living, she's making a very good living by doing this. And yeah, it, it does become a full-time job because you're managing contracts, you're making videos, you're editing, you're doing all of those things. Mm-hmm. Well, when, and when you talk about the fine print about partnerships and gifting and that just, yeah, thank goodness. I don't, I don't think there's anything in my future in which I will be heavily influencing people, about, but that sounds tiring in and of itself. So. Definitely. And yeah, so um, it is not uncommon for these six figure uh, incomes to be made through different forms of influencing. And in some cases, it just seems like they're filming a day in the life of, you know, a person who travels a lot or likes to garden, but um, it really can add up. And uh, yeah, both through the gifts that they receive. And then of course, these cash partnerships that that are becoming increasing uh, increasingly common to the tune of uh, marketing companies or companies themselves they're estimating that um, brands will spend up to $15 billion with influencers by 2022. Wow. Well, and I mean, it kind of makes sense to me in that like, I mean, it's one of those things where it's so much better. If a company tells you buy these shoes, they're amazing. You're, you know that the company has a stake in it. And, <laughs> mm-hmm. and even though it's still clear if that it's advertising, it's like word of mouth, right? It's just so different to hear a person who this individual, if they have a good following of people who trust them as like a marketing person, like it totally makes sense, right? It seems definitely definitely like a smart way to go. Yeah. And if it's somebody who has a life that kind of 
shares interests with yours or kind of has a way in some sense resembles yours, whether it's by you live in the same city or maybe you you like the same craft projects or uh, they have a similar cleaning, like, you know, they have to spend a certain amount of time cleaning their house every day, which is seems so relevant to all of us. And that, Mm -hmm. yeah, so you have that shared interest with them and then they're like, and I like tied pods. You're like, oh, well, maybe that that could fit into my life. Like, (laughs) sure. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I just, I was so, I, I really wanted to delve a little bit into this whole concept of influence and just, you know, marketing has changed. I don't have the food network anymore, so I don't want, don't see those big ads. So mm-hmm. I, uh, sort of more influenced by these smaller people who've just are making livings of filming their lives or sharing their lives in ways that have allowed them to, to make money. I think it's really good to be aware of though, too, because I think like back in the day, we all had our TV. I I still have cable. You know, it was like, clearly this is a commercial, right? I'm in my show now it's a commercial and then slowly, and it's been happening for years, but product placement in your TV shows. And now just being aware of, again, it's obvious when they have an advertisement and it says hashtag ad, but I think when it's like sneak, not sneakier, but when it's stuff that can just kind of slip under the radar, like you were kind of saying, Kate, like, you can't think of a time you were overtly influenced, but you're sure that you were. Mm-hmm, I think yeah. it's so good for us as consumers to be aware of these things. At least if I'm like, okay, so-and-so that I follow is sharing this and I'm seeing it and I'm making a choice to buy it, but I know what's going on here. Yes. It's different than like, oh, like kind of, you know, subliminally. Like, I think it's just good mm-hmm. to be aware of our surroundings because we're just being advertised to in so many different ways um, yes. than we maybe even used to be. Oh, mm-hmm. 100%. Well, there are, you know, there are a hundred different new ways that they're able to advertise. Like you said, it's not just the ad, mm-hmm. the blatant ad on TV anymore. There are mm-hmm. thousands of different outlets and forms of media and, you know, the way that we consume our news and our social media and, yeah, all of the different platforms for TV. And, yeah, so it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. It is. I, I don't know if this is, this was in a documentary. I want to say maybe inside, no, the corporation maybe, Um, which was mm-hmm. 20 years ago now when the first one came out and they were talking about FedEx and how they would stack FedEx packages outside of very higher end buildings in New York. Not that they were delivering, but just to get people thinking that, oh, fancy people in New York use FedEx. Like it's this kind of oh, marketing yeah so it you're yeah. right it's happening all the well, time well and it's genius on the marketer side of things yeah and how <laughs> easy is that a stack of boxes yeah. and <laughs> oh my gosh that's so scary well, that's why it's good to have these regulate regulatory bodies in place i think as mm-hmm. well because oh, it yeah. could be running amok you know oh definitely sure. especially when you think going back to you know kids just how heavily mm-hmm. influenced they are like gosh i still remember so many of the commercials when i was a kid and yeah. Uh, oh yeah yeah, they just have this really lasting impression on you. And yeah, that we're so, uh, adults and kids are, are are so susceptible to that kind of marketing just because you see it. Well, even in the way they set up the grocery stores and the, you know, That's they've right. got the, they, they call it the impulse buy section because <laughs> they know that it's not a matter of, you're not walking into Walmart 
you know, specifically thinking I need a, a pack of gum and a, a chocolate bar. And you know what? I do need a couple of extra razor blades, <laughs> Yes, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's the impulse buy and it's directed. It's meant to catch the attention of kids mm-hmm. so that, you know, mom, no, I can't leave without this. Like I need it. I need it. Like, yes, and it's yeah. just one of those fine, throw it in. Yes. We just got to get out of here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I see it all the time when I'm grocery shopping and, you know, with the. Yeah. It'll even be at their height, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's good. I, I appreciate the information, Julie. I think uh, the Island Hoppers, I, I am going to just put a stake in the ground right now saying I think the Island Hoppers found that very interesting. And, you know, if nothing else, I would just like to say that I really enjoy podcasting and in a cozy environment. <laughs> and in doing so, I, I like to wear my Roots Canada sweatpants. And so bring on the gifting. I'll wait. Did you hear, yeah. did you hear Roots, that we have a thousand downloads? <laughs> oh, gosh. We'll get there one day, ladies. Um Kate, well, that was amazing, Julie. Thank you so much. Kate, what's what's the good news for us today? Well, I'm going to start with it's not going to sound does not going to sound like good news okay. to begin with. But th- so when the pandemic started and everybody was forced to go home, it did make for some made for some bad situations to get worse in terms of, you know, domestic mm. violence and stuff like that. You're forced to right. be in a in a place with where maybe it's not a, a very comfortable or safe environment. And so I remember seeing ads on TV, mm-hmm. on cable TV, um, <laughs> that indicated that there was now, you know, it was promotion for hand, sing- hand signal oh. that women or anybody could do if they were in an unsafe situation. And so, so it, so I saw it on TV within the last two years, especially at the beginning of the pandemic. And then in the news very recently, I guess this is like we were just talking about social media. I don't have TikTok, but apparently this has, it took off on TikTok, this Hmm. hand signal. And what it is, it's like you're raising your hand to ask a question, but then you fold your thumb under and you wrap your fingers over. And that is, it's a symbol for I'm, I'm in trouble. I'm not, I need help. And so it's a means of communicating without having to say anything in case somebody is listening or somebody's standing right behind you or, you know, or maybe the police have come to the door to check out a situation and the the person at the door is telling them everything is fine and you're in the background and you have a means of, you know, silently asking mm-hmm. for help. Right. And so recently there was a, a girl, a teenager who was abducted in the States and she was rescued because she learned about this hand signal on TikTok. And so I believe she was in a vehicle with her abductor and in the vehicle next to her, she, she did the, the symbol just out the window of the vehicle. The car had seen it, recognized it, followed the, followed the car, called the police and was able to stay with this vehicle until the police arrived and they were able to rescue this girl. And so, I mean, if that is, if that is the one case in which that worked, I hope that it's, there are many cases, but I just thought that was 
that was pretty unbelievable. And so, and also just as a PSA, it's a, it's a symbol that everybody should be aware of or a gesture, mm-hmm. I guess, that everybody should be aware of. So, so that's my good news story. Yeah, that's wow. brilliant. And amazing that that, I mean, I hadn't heard of, I mean, I've, I hadn't heard of that gesture before this, this kind of situation happened. And so it's also good, amazing that that girl was able to find someone who, who knew it as well. Yeah. Right. But you're right. The more of us know about it. So I do think that it's brought international, Mm -hmm. you know, awareness to this and TikTok has blown it up, Mm -hmm. um, you know, among the younger community. But it was, I remember it being advertised at the beginning of the pandemic when people were, not everybody was quarantined to a safe, safe environment. Right. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. I got chills from that one. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's good to hear the, some happy endings to some troubling stories. So thank you so much for sharing. Julie, Kate, Island Hoppers, did you find what you were looking for? 